And I would ask you to open your Bibles to First uh, Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 24. Communion and healing. It's interesting to me that the Apostle Peter, who was in the upper room with Jesus that night when communion was first instituted, when he wrote his book, he linked communion and healing together. Okay, we thought he brought it on himself. When they looked on Jesus on the cross, this is hundreds of years before it happened, and the prophet Isaiah, anointed of the Holy Spirit, was telling you what it would be like. Those who stood around the cross the day that Jesus was crucified, they said, well, he brought it on himself. Isn't that radical? How many times have you took a stand for Christ and somebody has come along after and said, well, you brought it on yourself. You, you were not trying to bring anything on yourself. You were just standing up for Christ. He stood up for what was true, and we thought, those that were gathered around the cross that day, they thought that God was punishing him. Well, God was putting punishment on him, but it wasn't his punishment. It was your punishment and my punishment. It was your sickness, your pain. Jesus took every pain that I'll have in this body, Hylia, he took it to the cross. He filmed it on the cross. This is what I'm talking about, communion and healing this morning. The closer we commune with that Jesus from that cross, the more we realize that there was something happened there. You can say in the legal realm if you want to or whatever. But in the Word of God realm, there was something that happened there whereby God was able to transfer your hurt, your pain, your disfigurement to Christ on the cross that you and I might not have to bear it. Whenever we by faith reach out and get a hold of it, when we are that close to God or when God chooses to manifest something through someone else, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but that's, that's good. Whoops, back up. Got to back up. Hang on. The bottom part. But it was our sins that did that to him. That ripped and tore and crushed him our sins. He took the punishment and that made us say it. Oh. Oh. Wholeness. Do you realize you can be saved and not be whole? Lazarus came out of the tomb bound. Jesus said to the disciples, loose him. So therefore, there are people who come in here, and you and I, even though we're saved, we still at times need somebody to provide that deliverance, that loosing. Huh? I want this to be the focal point this morning. God heals through the hands of willing servants. God heals through the hands of willing servants. How many are servants this morning? Let me see your hands. I'm a servant of the Most High God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's going to that's gonna come back. We're going to talk about that more and more as we go through this this morning. God heals through the hands of willing servants. We'll look at Jesus, and then we'll look at the apostles or the disciples' ministry and how they did it. We look at Luke 5.17. If you want to turn there in your Bible, Luke 5.17, I'm quoting up here from the NIV, the New International Version, and it says there, And the power of the Lord was present. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Now that's Luke's notation. Luke was not there. Where did Luke get his information? Holy Spirit and other apostles who were there. Luke was not one of the apostles. Luke was also the author of the book of Acts. Luke was a close associate of Paul's. But Luke got his information from the Holy Spirit and from the apostles who were there. And he says, on that day, the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Okay, let's move into this now and let's break it down for you. The power to heal was present or available. Now, it wasn't just floating around in thin air. That's not what Luke meant by that statement. It was resident in, it was abiding on Jesus. That's what that text means. 